Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're gonna make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. Makes us seem approachable. Yeah, and we're not approachable. <laughs> Let's be very clear about that. <laughs> a lot of people walk up to me. Wait, what do they say? They don't say anything. They just walk up. <laughs> <laughs> they just like walk up and look at you. Yeah. Is it because you're like peeing in the front garden or something? I don't want to like tell all my secrets, but <laughs> I don't feel like it's a secret if you're peeing in public. He lives his life like a zoo animal. <laughs> he pees in, he pees outside and people come to watch him. He goes up to a fence and just hopes people feed yeah. him. <laughs> my main source of water is through a trough. Yeah. Is that like in some person's house? Like where do you get the trough? Everybody like the whole neighborhood sits one out for me. And I just kind of, everybody has one in front of their house. The so homeowner. I'm into. The homeowner's association is like, if you move into this neighborhood, we have a guy named Evan. <laughs> I'm first on the docket. That's for sure. You know, based off, piece of, based off the neighbor's condition of their roof, just doing a little callback to last week, I would think that they're the kind of people that have a bathtub in their backyard that they just let Evan drink out yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they gather their family around a window like somebody would when they see a deer yeah. in the backyard. Yeah. They're like, oh, look. hey, y'all, come here. Come here. Look at this. It's a deer. It's a deer. And it's just Evan. <laughs> Shirtless. Just lapping water out of their trough. <laughs> he perks his head up like a deer that just heard something. Nature. <laughs> like, this is what God created. <laughs> Isn't God's creation beautiful? <laughs> and, like, like, don't scare it off. Don't scare it off. Somebody breaks a twig behind Evan, and he's like, <laughs> takes off into the woods. He does the Bigfoot stance. Yeah. <laughs> Most people will be upset. Their homeowner associations like, you can't have this color fence. But then they go to this neighborhood, and they're like, I'm okay with our homeowner association. <laughs> we don't have a. It's a, sort of a, a free for all. Yeah. It's a feral man that There's comes up. There's one rule, <laughs> and it's that you have to keep a trough in your yard. <laughs> For the feral hobo. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Questionable Detour. Do, uh, do some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. All right. First hypothetical is you can give phobias to people. What things would you make people afraid of? So... When I was getting to the inner psyche of people, I really was thinking what they're most afraid of. And it's like public speaking, you know, the dark, the ocean. And then I was like, I bet a lot of people would be afraid to find their zipper down, right? But I, I, so. I took it the other way. I am going to make people afraid or a particular person afraid of having their zipper up. They're so afraid that they might find their zipper completely zipped up. Now... <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine walking around, <laughs> meeting somebody new and going, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Zip, zips a zipper down and then going, I'm sorry. That was so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. You caught me with my zipper up. <laughs> you know, when you're up on stage, public speaking, you kind of check yourself, make sure everything's zipped up. No, no. This person's going to be going, oh, shoot. My zipper was up the entire time. <laughs> So what are some of the phrases that you say when you these people find their zippers up? What, what's some of the things that you say, oh, sorry, I, you caught me with my caught me with my zipper up? You caught me up, up and away. Okay. You caught me up in arms. <laughs> <laughs> Is that person also afraid of like, you know, being nude in public or like, do they have the same nightmares as no. forgetting their pants? Now, they're they're afraid of everything else that a normal person might be afraid of. But if I'm casting the spell, let's say, on Evan over here, I go, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, you're afraid of your zipper being up. The last no, part that doesn't rhyme. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great spell. Yeah. It, you know, I don't have to rhyme in my, my hexes. But now Evan's just afraid of his zipper being up. So he goes through his life. But everything else is normal. So it's not it's not like like what about buttons on your shirt? Are you afraid of your buttons on your shirt being up? 
You get up on stage, you're talking in front of somebody, you're like, oh crap, my zipper's up, you unzip it. Yeah. Then you realize when you're looking down there, oh, well, my shirt's all the way buttoned up. You gotta rip that bad boy open. So now you look like a 70s disco guy. <laughs> you better hope you're wearing your medallion. <laughs> I feel like a person that likes a zipper to be down also might like their buttons to be completely yeah. completely down, showing off chest. You know, I would I would think so. I mean, imagine the situations that you get into. You meet your girlfriend's parents for the first time. You're like, remind me to make sure my zipper's down, honey. You walk in there with your zipper completely undone. They're like, sir, X, Y, Z. You're like, oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm glad you noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, you walk in and you're just like. You have a great house, and you zip now. <laughs> yeah, get comfortable, I guess. <laughs> you walk into a new interview. You said, "All right, well, let's get started." You zip down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you set a really bad, bad first impression. Or all, all of these people that you're creating phobias for set really bad first impressions. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it'd be a good first impression. Though you could spin it a good way and be like, "These people are just relaxed." You know, mm. they, they don't care what other people think they're being themselves. Well, it's like how after sometimes after a after a meal, you eat a lot, you got a lot of food in the belly. Uh, yeah. You just unzip, unbutton, just lay there on the couch. Yeah, you don't have the sweats on, yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Wait, so like what in in those situations, I guess they're afraid of having their pants zipped up. So like even in those situations where you're supposed to unzip your pants like yeah. when you're full, they don't like just do the opposite and zip it up and then unbutton. It'd be hard to get off pants. Okay. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> you, they would be struggling. They'd be like, I need to get these pants off, but I'm also so afraid <laughs> of my zipper being down. <laughs> so they would really, they, they, <laughs> they would just kind of flounder around on the ground like a fish out of the water trying to get their pants off. <laughs> All right, Alan, what's your, uh, what's your phobia that you're, you're giving people? All right, so if I could make people afraid of something, I would make them all afraid of their dads. <laughs> yeah. What if they don't have dads? I don't know. If if they if they don't have dads, I want them to be afraid of any kind of fatherly figure, yeah, any kind grandfatherly of- <laughs> figure. A male figure that's been nice to them and given them, you know, praise, I want them to fear that guy. Yeah, so like if they're out like playing catch, all of a sudden, they get that phobia. Now it's just an angry man throwing a ball at him mm-hmm. to them. I, I want I want him to run away. Yeah. And you know why I want him to run away? Why? I want to take their spot. <laughs> you, you between want a father <laughs> or you want to be their father? Between last week. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I want to have the fatherly love that this person was being shown, shown to me. Yeah. You... <laughs> Between last week and this week, you are looking for yeah, a family. I'm, what has happened to I'm, you? I'm looking. It's, it's been very dad heavy. Um, <laughs> Dad's been out of the picture. Uh, what um? What do you want to do with the dads once you once you make the phobia happen? Like what? What happens I, next? I want them to give me the love and emotional support that I never received. Do you kind of revert back to a childlike state where maybe you're wearing kind of those overalls, but they're shorts also? So it depends on how much love I'm given. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm given a lot of love, it makes me feel even more comfortable. Yeah. And I do revert back to a childlike state. So it's directly proportional with the mm-hmm. love you're given. That's correct. That's you're correct. giving a lot of love. Alan's wearing diapers. <laughs> I'm out there playing with trains, you know. He's got a giant lollipop and one of those circular, <laughs> those hats with the blades on top. I turn into a cartoon kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Velcro shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like rolling around those tiny little cars that kids have. <laughs> You're still the same size you are. Still now. the same just, size. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't shrink. You just look like a child. I'm wearing clothes that are made to to size for a child, but I just oh, wear them. God. <laughs> God. Is this in the same neighborhood that Evan is in as the feral man? Uh, is it <laughs> in that neighborhood? Do we have a feral man and a child man? Thankfully, no. I feel like there's only room enough in a neighborhood for one person with with a that weird of a quirk. You know, 
what happens if you are in the same neighborhood with somebody else with a quirk? Is it like a battle? I feel like we fight for dominance. Yeah. They go to a, a quirk off. <laughs> a quirk off. So if we were to hypothetically set up a fight between Feral Evan and Baby Allen, who's winning that fight? I'd say Feral Evan all day. What yeah, does that sound I like? mean, yeah. he's fighting a child, you know? <laughs> So you don't have any kind of defenses? <laughs> I probably have one of those crudely made slingshots yeah, you know, that, that, a, that a kid would make. Yeah. Um, that's probably my only defense. I, uh, like aside from aside from maybe my my dad. He might step in and, you know. You do have a dad now. Might, that is true. He <laughs> might save me from Fair 11, you know? Yeah. He sends his dad out like a Pokemon character. He's like, go, go, dad. <laughs> All right, Evan, what are you uh, making people afraid of? I tried to go for something that would hit the most people, but only the educated. Oh, okay. Um, because I want uneducated people. They're they're already dumb, so we just got to, you know, they got to be able to survive. Even it up a, a little bit. Chance. Yeah. Sure. So I went with making people afraid to read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, like, they're driving down the road, and they see a billboard, and like, don't look. Don't look up there. (laughs) Avert your eyes from the words. (laughs) It's just a bunch of families, like, putting their hands over their eyes while they're driving, going, don't look out here. Do it. (laughs) Do it. They can't even look at their own dashboard. Like, (laughs) you know, they kind of have a leg up, because they were in a, they had a good upbringing, where they were able to read. Yeah, I mean, they had to read. They had privilege. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring them back down and level them out with the rest of society. The rest of us in this room sure. can't read. <laughs> yeah. So you would want all of society, your end goal would be to make everybody illiterate. I think that should be everybody's goal. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think as a nation, we've gone too far. As a nation, as a world, as a culture, the human race has gone too far. Uh-huh. With reading. <laughs> well, that's, it's, that's where it started. Uh-huh. When, once we learn to read... That's where we landed a man on the moon. Yeah. You don't lend exactly. a man on the moon without reading. Exactly. And then now we're destroying our ozone because we can read. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he does have a point. I would say World War II probably wouldn't have happened with a bunch of illiterates. Exactly. Well, it'd be very funny to have this phobia where you're trying to order food, like at a like at a McDonald's. <laughs> Just you're tell like, me what you have. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like. Uh, what would you like? What would you like today? And you're like sweating, like trying not to look up <laughs> at the menu above the the clerk. Yeah, they're like, "Would you like to see a menu?" And you're, you're like, like, "God, no, no, no. no. Oh, gosh, <laughs> just speak the words." <laughs> so, in this society, what do you think about sign language? Technically, they are reading hand movements. That is true. Is this a loophole? I think we could. I would be okay with. I feel like it's a language, though, so... Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be fine. Because you can, you can still speak, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> not very good. Not, I mean, you could speak, you just wouldn't know how to read the words that you were seeing. But I guess if you were... I don't know why you would need sign language if you could just talk about it, though. So it's... I'd be fine with it. Some people need sign really language, Evan! <laughs> no, no, no. Are, you could speak, you know? There are deaf people out there still. Just learn how are to you talk. planning on eradicating the deaf people as this well? This is a very privileged guy no. talking right here. I'm fine with deaf people. Just learn how to talk. That's the society we live in. If you're going to be deaf, learn how to talk. Or society we will live in. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cryptic and evil. How long do you how long do you think it would take for us to crumble into that society? If we're doing it well, then we're in there maybe six months. Holy cow. My gosh. That's what I'm saying. Evan's yeah. very persuasive. We're we're gonna put out radio and television propaganda with no words on it. Well obviously. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna speak out that words are evil. That so reading the, words on paper or any other medium. You'll be like, the devil reads. The devil reads. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Six months is very quick. <laughs> where do you, you where don't do believe you believe in me? Or what, what's, what's with the mistrust here? Oh, I believe in you. I You have a look in your eye right now that says society will never be the same. Yeah. What I kind of do worry is this is going to give the blind a leg up, I think. That is true. true. The blind might start ruling. They're going to become more powerful, I think. 
Uh, too powerful, probably. <laughs> Alan has always, Alan has always believed <laughs> that the blind have too much. <laughs> That's something he's always he's always been about. He's always said that he would rather be blind than deaf. He said he he hates deaf people. So the blind are like a like a savior. Like yeah, a, you know yeah. he thinks they're they're the next race, next great race. <laughs> Alan walks into a room and goes, "Turn off all the lights. I want to pretend I'm blind." A lot of room darkening curtains. <laughs> I do uh, sleep with a blindfold on my on my head. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> a lot of it's all coming. It's all coming to light. A lot of disabled talk today on this one. Hey, well, we know our market. <laughs> if you could start a secret society, what would be its goals and purpose? Well, you know, as the leaders that we are, I would start a secret society based around the market of socks. We would be called the puppet masters. Mm. And what we would do in the secret society is wear the robes in a dark room with a fire in the middle. But you can only talk if you have a sock on your hand. And we, that's how we communicate to each other. Mm. And then out in public, if you, our sign is just a hand raised in the air and just pinching your fingers together <laughs> as if you're sock put. If somebody gives you the signal back, you know that you are in the secret society. But basically... <laughs> We will control the sock market. <laughs> and if you have that market corner, you got the rest. Of it. Yeah. Everybody we, knows that. We will first <laughs> deplete. We'll deplete the sock market, so nobody has mm-hmm. socks. But slowly, we will reintroduce socks to the market. So now Would the it be art, like a sock market crash. It will be a sock market crash, exactly. And that's how we phrased it in the secret society. But basically, socks will be the biggest commodity that you can own. Mm-hmm. They become their value increases tremendously, right? So now we sell them at ten times the price. If you have socks, you are the elite class. People, poor people, poor people will look around and see these people with two big white tube socks and go, mm-hmm. "All I want to be is these people." One question I do have. Yes. So in your secret society meetings and even whenever you're out in public, do you not have to like dive behind a wall so people can't see your body and you just stick your puppet up <laughs> over the wall so yeah. you only communicate through the puppets? Yeah, um, you were saying that you just do your hand in that crab pincher-like motion, but yeah. do you have your sock on your hand when you do that? Or is it just your hand? No, I feel like if you have a sock on your hand, it gives it too much away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, let's just say me and uh, Evan are secret society members. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the puppet masters. And we're kind of on the street at the same time. I don't know. He looks familiar from, uh, you know, he has clothes on on the street. In the secret society, we don't have clothes on. So I really only, yeah. yeah. So I can only, (laughs) I can only recognize him without clothes on. So I go, I think I recognize him, but he has clothes on. So I throw up a hand and I do a little pincer motion. And if he gives it back to me, I know it. But if I had a sock on, I feel like it'd be too obvious mm-hmm. to people. Interesting. You know. So when you guys get down in the in the cavern that you're that you're in with the fire and the robes, and you're having your secret sock meeting, yeah, nakedly, we don't have anything under the robes. <laughs> I see. Saying. I see. Okay. Just robes. A little bit more modest. Um, <laughs> so when you guys get down there and you put the socks on your hands. Do these socks have faces? Do you put like little googly eyes? Oh, absolutely. On them? Yeah. Okay. They're they're our more powerful spirit, the more powerful mm-hmm. part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've transcended just our bodies, and now we uh, we speak through our power for pow- powerful self. Powerful. <laughs> powerful self. We we don't say ours in the secret society. <laughs> We're powerful, and it's a secret society. Oh my god, he's <laughs> Where's your sock? <laughs> Can we white a twain? <laughs> so once you start selling the socks again, right? You're you've already taken We've the crashed sock. the stock market. Crashed, down. crashed the sock market. Do you have anyone that you know, you use like he he's a model for your company, so someone you use in advertisements to really get the word out about your product. Someone like the Fonz. So you know, once you start selling these 
these socks again, you could say, yeah, we're just trying to sell out all our socks and fawns. <laughs> so... Evan, do you want to be hired as our marketing consultant? I think so. I think I, think I really got to... You brought it idea. home. I was wondering where it was going, but you brought it home. We, we'll, we'll, we'll change the name Sitting on the Dock in the Bay song, and that'll be yeah, our... Exactly. <laughs> it'll be Sitting on the Sock in the Bay. <laughs> we'll use that as our marketing song. Whenever you guys have a... There's a problem that came up. Uh, they threw a socket wrench into it. <laughs> Uh, all right, Evan, do you have a secret society you you want to implement? <laughs> well, my idea was going to be like harnessing natural gas and gas that's pumped through your pipes to fight crime. <laughs> so we would just reroute the gas from everybody's homes. And anytime anyone is trying to like break into your house, you just have like a little gas pipe right there sitting by your front door and just shoots flames into them okay and maybe it implodes your entire house but we don't want to think about that we're just really trying to save your house from this this robbery and we can you know route them throughout the city so anytime anyone's like stealing a car you just light up that block wow so your secret society is just causing a bunch of explosions vigilante vigilante explosion and and save save the city is the purpose of this society to like actually save people from robberies or is it to blow up things i I feel like his and alan you can speak on this with me i feel like saving you from robberies just a cover-up for a more secret yeah for sure it's like how batman's trying to always clean up the city but you know he kind of likes beating up people (laughs) i mean it doesn't hurt like is is there a limit to how many people can be in the society, you know, to keep it secret? No, no. I mean, we can, we'll let the whole city in, like maybe the mayor, even if he's on if he's on board. Well, you want to get the high government. Yeah, I feel like you society. say that like most secret societies don't have the most powerful people in it. We would start with the mayor. Okay. <laughs> Tell the me, fire chief would be number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get that guy in there. What are a couple of of weird celebrities you would you would want in your secret society to kind of have your back? Couple of those guys from nine eleven, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not like like the firefighters. The fi- would you would want the firefighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be hard Somebody- to get the guys that ran the planes into the building. Yeah. They're out of commission. No, the firefighters that went in and rescued people from. You, it's a very noble secret society you had. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna start all these fires, so we gotta have somebody to clean them up. So sure. I was thinking, trying to get the best firefighters in the world. <laughs> Um, on my team and so i could kind of you know get away with it you know because uh-huh. who's going to stop you first it would be the firefighters they don't want these fires going on so if you can get them on your side and get them to realize why you're doing it let's say alan's a firefighter and you're you're pitching your idea how are you convincing him this is a good idea have you ever had your car stolen i have i have not but for the <laughs> for the exercise's sake sure yeah <laughs> have you ever been robbed yeah did you like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> How do you feel about natural gas? <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. A little lightheaded. <laughs> Depends on how fast I huff it. <laughs> well, what if I say that I could stop all crime in a four-block radius with a little natural gas and a little bit of of pride i'd say what do you need me to do chief <laughs> you got him you got him that was it that's all it took it's easy i told you they know i know what they want yeah he, he does <laughs> he knows what the pride. people want yeah so like did he tell the people with this installed let the gas run for a little bit fill make it fill up your house mm-hmm. so you have mostly mostly natural gas in your house if you're feeling lightheaded you're, you haven't gone you, far enough yeah <laughs> And then what you do is somebody breaks a window. They go, oh, shoot. They take out a lighter. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and then you and three of your neighbors <laughs> no longer have houses. <laughs> or consciousness. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, everybody's like mourning those neighbors and you were like, they at least they got the robber. Yeah, got the robber. <laughs> That's one less robbery that happened in but my But four less good people. <laughs> they were a necessary sacrifice. 
Instead of instead of Evan his vigilante meeting with the police chief, he meets with the fire chief, like Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they send up the the flame signal. <laughs> um, you know, I, just, I, I, I don't think that. that secret society would flame out. Oh, <laughs> I think people would be on fire for it. Yeah. All right, Alan, what is your secret society? All right, my secret society would be a group of people going around stealing manhole covers. <laughs> is there a purpose, or are you just kind of... There is a purpose. Uh, this group, you'd call them warriors, I think. Yeah. Uh, we take the manhole covers, melt them down into armor. <laughs> okay. And we wear the armor. <laughs> there's, There's been a long, long-standing war going on oh. between... My secret society <laughs> and the flat earthers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> because they want to say the earth is flat, but we know it's not. We've been in the tunnels below. <laughs> we know this thing is round. <laughs> From we, the tunnels? <laughs> we wear the manhole covers. As our armor. <laughs> so there's, unbeknownst to the general population, in the dark, in the secret, there is a war going on. Raging. A raging mm-hmm. war yeah. between a flatter society mm-hmm. and a manhole cover society? What are we calling this? The manholders. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a gay bar. <laughs> Manholders, <laughs> but it's interesting that they named their secret society based completely off what they wear rather than their main goal. Well, have you is... heard of them before? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I have it not sounds heard of the like they're doing their job. I never said they weren't secret. <laughs> I just said it's interesting that y'all didn't name it off after y'all's main goal. How many? How many flat earthers do you know? Um, I think Evans one. At least one. Yeah. Just hadn't gotten to him yet, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Evan isn't the hostile flat earther involved in this fight. <laughs> I'm sure that they have um, they have certain sex that are more they have sex. outrageous. Male and female. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is now an orgy in a society. Is that where we're getting here? <laughs> Different sex. So now, so. The men holders, not only do they fight hard, but they party hard too. <laughs> Are the manholders held liable for any of the flat tires that come from missing manhole? Uh, what we say about that is small price to pay. Hmm. Hmm. We okay. are gotta crack a few eggs and make an omelet, that, you know? That that is yeah. correct. That, that is correct. If that happens to be gam gam, we so couldn't we couldn't fight these flat earthers if we weren't properly armed. That's true. Are you sure you're fighting the flat earthers or the flat tirers? Because mm. they seem to be really pissed off at you too. All these people with flat tires. From I have heard of the flat tires, the secret society. Yeah. I may have misread something, <laughs> and we may have inadvertently created the society that we fight. <laughs> you are your own worst enemy. We thought we were fighting the flat earthers. <laughs> It's like Desert Storm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> but in turn, we're actually fighting the society that we created because of us stealing manhole covers. Man, I, goes deep. you know, moral of the story, look inwardly, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are your own worst enemy or creating your worst enemy. That is true. Take the log out of your own eye. You mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Are you going to maybe try to call for a truce now that you realize that your own doing was? Be honest. I think we're in it too far. Yeah, it's too deep. I we have got we have got people so committed to the cause. <laughs> I think once you're in, you're in. <laughs> you there there's no there's no going back now. Yeah. All these people know is manhole covers. I mean, I'm sure they're I'm <laughs> they they couldn't survive in normal society. They're they like wouldn't a, know yeah. what to do. Like, so, Alan, um how many people have been lost in this war thus far? 
We are so secret that we don't even disclose the numbers. So you not so you can't tell us over everybody. everybody a recorded is mic given a different number, and of course I can't say it on air. I mean there are at least six people listening to this. <laughs> I cannot say this on air. It would balloon very quickly. But each person is given a different number. Let's say hypothetically, of course, one person believes we've only lost one soldier. Yeah, that guy's like, what's even the issue here? There's only the one deal? person. His neighbor believes we've lost 10,000. Gosh. Okay, yeah. He's, we, we fight a lot. Yeah. But again, that is hypothetical. I am not allowed to disclose any information about the manholders. Do you... <laughs> now, when you say lost, do you mean like lost in the tunnels or like they're... Oh, uh, that's a good point. Do you lose a lot of people? Like, <laughs> like where is Jim? <laughs> There are miles of unused <laughs> tunnels in the United States alone. We, we've lost many soldiers down there. <laughs> we have hired cartographers. We've lost them, too. It's dark down there. Yeah. It is dark down there. Oh, shoot, there's a, probably a whole other secret society of just mole yeah. people. That's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you supposed to keep up with them? You know? Somehow, Alan has inadvertently probably caused two secret societies. <laughs> On top of his own, yeah. yeah. I think the world should have more secret societies. Hmm. That is something you and if about. and if I can, if I can bring a smile to someone's face, and put an end to flat earthers. Oh, I'll, you I'll actually hate you flat really earthers. Hate flat earthers. He I, realizes I that I he do. has not been fighting them, but still hates them. Do you do believe the Earth is round, or do you believe another sort of like a pyramid shape? Oh, I, I think the USA yeah. at the point of the pyramid, obviously, we're we're the top. Yeah, so. that makes sense. You're up up really high. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Our next hypothetical. Now, you don't need a cape to be a superhero. You don't need to fight crime. You don't need to fight crime by blowing up people's houses. You could, though. Yeah. But if you were to have a superpower, what superpower would y'all have? Me personally. I've thought a lot about this. Like, <laughs> it keeps me up at night. But I think the most beneficial superpower to have as a human being would be to be able to produce milk Ugh. at a moment's notice. <laughs> oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, Alan, do you have any follow-up questions to Evan here? I, I have a couple. I have a couple. 100%. Yeah. Um, Let me hear. I'm, I'm here to answer any questions you may have. Uh, so most mammals, they, they produce milk with the help of uh, udders. Okay. Do you just have a lot of udders? Yeah, that was my first question. How do you produce the milk? Well, I mean, it, it gets created in your body, obviously, but uh, the way it comes out, if that's what you're asking. That is what exactly what we're asking. It would come out of the tip of your nose. You know, the milk is stored in the, the chest of your body, in mm-hmm. like your chest area, obviously. And then Very scientific. The tubes run up through your head and out your nose. Okay, that's better. I was imagining... You being a male with just two udders side by side. I'm not a woman. (laughs) Well, that's better than what I was thinking. I was thinking of your body is just covered in udders. Ugh. (laughs) That sounds terrifying. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very frightening. (laughs) I hate that you got that picture. That's not what I'm about. (laughs) I I was also imagining maybe it doesn't have udders, but it secretes out like mm-hmm. sweat, yeah. Mm. And you just you're just kind of sweating milk, yeah. And at the end of the day, I just kind of hang upside down, and it all just kind of drips from my head. Into yeah, a bucket. that's mm. how I collect it. So, however you decide that you want to excrete this milk, how do you fight crime with it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I fight crime at all. Oh, I, I'm more of a nurturing superhero. <laughs> so, I'm more of a once people get down bad, then I'm there to kind of scoop them up, heal their wounds by. Giving them milk <laughs> on a hot day. Mm. Just gross. <laughs> out of your nose. <laughs> they're just out there sweating. And just, they're, they're hot. It's been a long day. And they're like, man, I could really use some milk right now. As most people do say. Yeah, and I hear that. And I come swooping down the road in my Vespa. And I'm just... I whip it over onto the sidewalk where they're standing. Maybe they're walking with a limp because they've been in a fight all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're on their way home from the fight, about to take a long shower. And I'm just like, huh, got milk? <laughs> and they're like, I, I would love some. 
they just walk up to me and start just suckling on my nose. <laughs> oh, they drink it straight from the, from the tap? <laughs> I thought maybe it might have been like a hose situation where you... <laughs> I don't know what I expected. He's driving a Vespa. He obviously didn't bottle this stuff and carry it with him. <laughs> Uh, I just imagine Evan walks around like some sort of slug and just kind of leaves a trail of just <laughs> milk behind him. <laughs> no, they uh, like it the freshest, straight from the source. Do you remember Avengers Endgame at the end of the movie? After Tony Stark dies and it's sad. and every, Yeah. After everybody is kind of recuperating out in the battlefield, I can just imagine Evan kind of walking around <laughs> being like, here you go. He kind of honks his nose and feeds people like a bird. But he sounds like a carnival barker, and he's like, "Milk here, I got your milk. Milk straight from the sauce." And it's not cold milk, is it? It's like body temperature, body temperature, milk. For sure. room temperature milk. You would have a bunch of people tired from a fight, but also puking <laughs> so much. If they're lucky enough. I don't know why y'all are acting like that's an issue. <laughs> oh, that's that is, that, is, that is gross. It's a gross superpower, Evan. All right, Zach. So what's your superpower? Like I mentioned earlier, I mentioned Avengers. You know, a lot of these superpowers are very aggressive. Strong, you know, can fly. Very dramatic. Well, I'm like, I don't want that. That's too easy. But then I was like, I don't want to be passive either because then you don't get anything done. There's a happy middle ground between there. I'm going to be a superhero that just does passive aggressive comments the entire time. Okay. (laughs) So imagine there's a robbery at a bank. I walk in, lean up against the wall, and I say, you worked really hard to get that done, didn't you? (laughs) I bet this was tough for you. (laughs) And the robber's just standing there, like, kind of slowly working his self-esteem a little bit. (laughs) And I say, you don't sweat much for a fat girl, do you? (laughs) Oh, did you plan this, or are you just going off the fly? (laughs) Didn't learn this in college, did you? (laughs) I say, you did a lot better than I thought you would. (laughs) Where does this eventually lead the robber? Well, I think, like... You know, Robert is only human. You know, eventually he would start crying. Eventually he would, his self-confidence, his self-esteem would be broken, be shattered. He drops the million dollars of coins that I assume is in a bank. Would he rob Scrooge McDuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he robbed robbed Scrooge McDuck. What? He robbed a dragon? He robbed sitting on a (laughs) pot of gold? (laughs) (laughs) I am... When I said human, I meant hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> this hobbit will eventually break down and start crying, drop all all the stuff he's stealing, and run off. And all of a sudden, I'm heralded as a hero. Mm-hmm. Would you say you're a, a less cool Iron Man? Like a bronze man? <laughs> Tin foil man? <laughs> Aluminum man? <laughs> See, that was hurting my feelings. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't know what it's like to be a robber on the other end of my passive-aggressive comments. Brings back what we said earlier. If, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, and, I never, and I never do work. Well, no, I'm you, unemployed. You unemployed, yeah. 100%. Because <laughs> I got fired because I told my <laughs> boss, you remind me of me when I was young and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, what's your, what's your superpower? All right, my superpower is that... I have frog legs. <laughs> I'm sort of a half frog, half man kind of thing. Is that a superpower or just kind of a a weird yeah. scientific experiment gone I, wrong? I think it's pretty super. Do the frog legs work or are you just weirdly dragging yourself by your arms with gross, nasty, wet frog legs well, dragging So behind? what it is no is butt. I still... <laughs> I still have I still have two regular human legs. Oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> it's grosser <Yeah>. than mine. <laughs> Where did the frog legs come off your body? They, they come off sort of at the hips. <laughs> and they just kind of walk alongside my regular legs. 
<laughs> so are your regular human legs just dangling between your frog legs as you walk? It's they they walk they go through the motion of walking, but they're never really touching the ground. <laughs> The frog legs really do all the walking. Yeah, sure. And now sometimes if I want to, you know, give my legs the exercise, I'll take the frog legs and just kind of fold them up behind my back and then <laughs> okay. walk on my human legs. Okay, that makes sense. So they don't get atrophied and whatnot. I, I, I'm doing this to stop crime. Sure. What? And how do you stop crime with <laughs> an extra pair of frog legs coming off your hips? If I see some character doing a villainous thing and I see him running past me, I just slide a frog leg out and trip him. <laughs> you can do that with a regular leg. <laughs> do that with a regular leg it's just easier <laughs> why does that have to be a frog leg <laughs> like in terms of like a horse leg that's not that's not what i was born with okay if i had a horse leg don't you think i'd be using it <laughs> sir i guess one of the one of the top legs <laughs> wait you have frog legs and you're still not content you would rather have horse legs <laughs> Look, if I'm gonna get a leg, if if, if I'm picking, I would say horses at the top. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe a bear Evan, a bear leg. Too. Evan, did you know that there's a tier for legs that you might want to have extra on your body? Well, me and Alan have been through this for a couple times because he's he's been complaining about his frog legs for a while now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we we kind of went through. And Alan, I don't know if we, you want to give a top three that we decided on. Yeah, I think the I think the first is um, probably the uh, the grizzly bear. I prefer I prefer those legs. It's that that is a strong strong paw. Do you keep the hair or do you weirdly shave off the hair so it's a nasty bare hairless leg? I keep the hair for warmth. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Insulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Winter. I would think uh, leg number two, the octopus. Okay. Suction. Suction can wrap around things. Suction. You got versatility. I mean, that thing can slide into anything. I mean, just anything. You said anything? A pipe, anything. <laughs> Got a cabinet, anything. Yeah, okay. Okay, we can stop there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Give so one more thing. That you, can <laughs> you got a vase. <laughs> anything. I think it go in the vase. <laughs> so... That is very cool, and I am really sorry for your plight for not having all these extra limbs. Sorry, right. but as a, but you are blessed or cursed mm. with frog legs. Yeah. Can you hop high with frog legs, or are they just kind of weirdly kind of just for tripping? Yeah, it uh, seems like they would be specially made for you to be able to jump. But I can hop, but I can only hop probably about a foot higher than I can jump. <laughs> <laughs> they're very weak frog legs. They're not. They're not very useful for jumping. <laughs> if you had to pick a species of frog, uh, the poison dart frog. Poison dart frog. Do you have poison involved with these legs? Yes. Oh, okay. That's why I guess that's why I trips them so we can get the poison. Oh, so they actually do die. Mm, I thought you just yeah. gave them the flu. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, man, that would got be COVID nineteen all on yeah. his legs. That would be like <laughs> he just has gross frog legs that he hasn't washed. It's <laughs> a <Just a> biohazard. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Well, all right, boys. So, to make money, to keep the lights on, we have some ads. Y'all want to y'all wanna make some money? Want a break from the ads? No! This episode is also brought to you in part by Doggy Style. Are you a lonely man looking for a woman? Do most of the women you encounter have dogs? <laughs> Doggy Style is a dog rental service. We cater to the lonely soul looking to go out on dates with women that have dogs. Well, here at Doggy Style, we're here to help. Here at Doggy Style, we have a well-trained staff of human beings dressed up in dog costumes to aid you in your dates. You ever go to the park, see couples having dog dates, and you think, I want that? Yeah, you do. Call Doggy Style. We will send out a human being dressed up as a dog to aid in all your doggy date needs. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Doggy Style. Are you in a position where you don't have a canine? Do you need a canine to help you out in social situations? Well, call Doggy Style. 
we will send a well-trained, well-built individual dressed up as a dog to pretend to be your dog in these social situations. Never go into a social situation without doggy style. This episode is also brought to you by Doggy Style. Are you a lonely person that can't get a date because all your dates have dogs and you can't ever get them to leave their house without their dang dog? Do you ever not want to take care of a dog, but you need one for a date to get the dang dog person out? That's where Doggy Style comes into play. Don't think about the stress of long-term ownership of a dog. Rent a person dressed as a dog from doggy style and bring them out on your doggy dates get a little weird with the other dog and while we're getting weird with the dogs you can get weird with the person and really get to know them and we'll get to know the dogs for you and we'll give you a report back saying hey that dog's cool that dog's chill that dog he's been eating good she 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 feeds him good you can eat good too And then we'll be done. The, the date's done. I'm gone. You never have to worry about having a dog again. Use doggy style for that. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Euthanized. Do you have an old person that lives around you? Are they old and decrepit and falling apart? Euthanize them. Here at Euthanized, we make your old people seem young again. We make them seem like youth. We'll give them activities we'll give them clothes to make them more like a youth so if you ever see your grandparent being old and gross go ahead and euthanize her call the day (laughs) (laughs) this episode is also brought to you in part by euthanized have you ever been talking to an old person And it just seems like you're speaking a completely different language. (laughs) They're talking about typewriters, going to school uphill both ways, the Revolutionary War. You can't relate. Here at Euthanized, we sit your old folks down. We learn them a thing or two about the youth culture. Soon, you'll be talking to them like you're talking to your old boys at the bar. Euthanized. <laughs> You're old boys at the bar. <laughs> this episode's also brought to you by Euthanized. Are you sick of your grandparents' house just smelling like mothballs and rot and decay and just death? Well, let's euthanize those people. Let's get them out of here. Kill them. Like if I lost track of what this is. <laughs> In a cultural sense, let's kill them. Let's kill their generation. Cull them from this earth. Culturally. And what we're going to do, we're going to dress them up in what Gen Z millennial clothing. Get get that rot, rotting smell out of there. Get them some Victoria's Secret perfumes and some Ariana Grandes. And really just, just spruce them up a little bit. What are the kids wearing these days? They got them high pump shoes and highfalutin little crop tops they're wearing every day. Let's put that on your grandmother. <laughs> See how she likes it. Let her wear it around. Euthanize her. Euthanize your grandmother. Euthanize your grandmother. I <laughs> <laughs> really know a lot about perfume. <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot of perfume talking about. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Blinds. Death isn't the only thing you should be scared of. So is the darkness. Is your room too dark when you walk into it? Even during the middle of the day? You can't get enough sunlight in your room? Or you just have regular windows with regular blinds on them? No, that's not what you want. You want all the light you can get. Here at Blinds, we fashion magnifying glasses on ropes. Just a a smorgasbord of magnifying glasses of different sizes, different colors, different shapes. And we hang them in front of your windows. We tear out your regular blinds and we put in blinds blinds. Now these magnifying glasses, when the sun hits them just right, it's going to engulf your room in light and heat. (laughs) And just make sure you have your home insurance up to date. (laughs) But this will flood your room with lights. And heck, if you're scared of the dark, 
maybe you don't want to go in that room anymore just because you might, heck, you might be blind for the rest of your life if you go in there. It'll cook meat for you. <laughs> just get you a wall of meat. <laughs> put it on the put it on the wall. See if it see if it cooks it for you. You like a nice medium rare. What kind of meat do you like? How you cook your meat, huh? You cook it on a grill? No more blinds. You'll cook them with blinds. Get some blinds. <laughs> this episode's. Also brought to you by blinds. Do you walk into your house and you feel like Helen Keller? Is it too dark even when the sun is high in the sky? Well, no more. Order blinds. We'll come in with our patented design of magnifying glasses on a net. And those magnifying glasses will hang over your windows in your house, cascading light into your room. Sure. You might accidentally kill your family pet, but at least your house will be well lit and well warmed. Probably should wear sunglasses because you won't have corneas anymore. <laughs> Call blinds today and light your house well. <laughs> light your house on fire. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you in part by blinds. Are you one of those people that can't stand electricity, but still want to be able to see in your home? You don't want to have ceiling lights or fans, but you still want to have weird parts of your room lit while the rest of it is dark. Well, here at Blinds, we hang a series of magnifying glasses scattered around your room from the ceiling, providing light and some heat... (laughs) In random parts of your room that don't make sense. (laughs) You want light on the corners where your baseboards meet? Call blinds. We'll put light there. (laughs) And finally, this episode is brought to you by Cruising for a Snoozing. Do you drive long distances and wish you could fall asleep at the wheel? Do you find that to be too dangerous because you are a responsible citizen? We'll call cruising for a snoozing. We'll send out Jesus. And what he'll do is hold the wheel while you sleep in the driver's seat. Get to where you're going in comfort and be refreshed when you get there. All you have to do is call 1-800-JESUS-TAKE-THE-WHEEL. And we'll pick up and send you Jesus who will help. will let you sleep while you drive. Don't kill an entire family in a minivan the next time you fall asleep at the wheel. Call Cruising for a Snoozing. <laughs> Such a long phone number. <laughs> it's just take the wheel. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you in part by Cruising for a Snoozing. Do you ever take long road trips? You get a couple hours in, you get a little tired. Bags under your eyes, eyes feeling a little heavy. Well, here at Cruising for a Snoozin', we send Jesus on the trip with you. When you decide it's time to go to sleep, Jesus will puppeteer you like you're a little marionette. He'll grab hold of your limp body with a series of ropes and pulleys. He'll guide you to your destination. Is it safer than falling asleep at the wheel? Who's to say? Call Cruising for a Snoozin' today. Oh, Alan, I drove so long. I wish I could have slept at the wheel. Is this ever you? <laughs> Do you ever go on long road trips and you get to your destination and you're just wiped out? You feel like you could have slept that eight hours you were on that road trip. Nine hours, 12 hours. How long were you on a road trip? You probably don't even remember because you've been driving for so long. So call us. Call Jesus. Call, <laughs> call Jesus. Call cruising for a snoozing, and we'll hook you up real good. A little local artist named Jesus will come out. He will just take over your 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 limp body, your your body that it has no form once you've fallen asleep, and he will use you as the driving instrument for this vehicle. He will tie a series of poles, pulleys, and ropes to your limbs. 
He will fashion a long but sturdy pole that will press the gas and brake. Not simultaneously. He will not spin out your car. We, we've had issues with that in the past, but we are over it. <laughs> Jesus will take you to where you need to be, whether that's heaven or your destination. <laughs> Trust Jesus. Let Jesus take the wheel. Use cruising for a snoozing. Thank you. All right, boys. So we've lived a long time, a lot of life experiences. We've hit the mountain peaks, and we've traveled through the valleys. We've succeeded, and we have failed. And because of that, we are very wise. So I think what we could do to really benefit society is help people with life, with their lives. So we have a few people that have written in to us, that have emailed in, asking, hey, can you help me with my life situation? How can I help? What can I do? I want to do a nice thing for you. I need help. So Matthew wrote in, with the title, should I reach back out to my potential employer? In the body of the email, he says, I interviewed for a job in December and didn't get it. In January, one of the interviewers, who was not the one hiring for the December interview, reached out saying they wanted to hire me for a similar position and asked if I would be interested. I said I would, and he said he would need to figure out if I needed to re-interview or not. It's been a month, and I haven't heard from him. I was thinking about shooting him a text, because he texted previously, saying something along the lines of, Hi, I just wanted to touch base and see if you needed anything from me. But it feels like I should wait on him to reach back out. Should I contact him? And if so, what should I say? So jobs are very important. This guy is getting interviewed for a job, and his employer hasn't reached out. Do you all have any advice to him? Maybe what he can do? I'd say, first off, I'd like to thank Matthew for... uh yeah, thanks yeah. for emailing Absolutely. in. Um, really brave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it takes it takes a lot of a lot of guts, uh, moxie to yeah. email in and ask for ask for help. Um, three macho men. Like three yeah. macho Just, men. And somebody yeah. that we've always been called back from an employer. We've never been in this situation. Yeah, we yeah. get hired immediately. So what I'd say, probably to Matthew, I would say reach out to him, but don't do it the traditional way. Mm, not by text. You're saying no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Send him first a fax. Yeah. <laughs> they say it's an outdated communication, but say simply, see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> should he put his name on the fax or like should... I would say no. It, it, it builds up more suspense sure. if he doesn't. I'd and what say, interviewers are looking for for businesses uh-huh, is suspense. Uh-huh. I, Keep them on their toes. I'm on the same page um, as Alan here, but I, I do think he, that, that he should reach back out to the interview. Sure. You, don't want, you don't want it to go on too long without no. him hearing from you. So, I would do similar to Alan, but I would send up a plane, a plane with a banner behind it that yeah. you see on the beach, and just have like an advertisement that says, Dear Job, Dear Interviewer, whichever one you want to call you, it. Matthew didn't learn his name, so maybe he would say just dear interviewer. Dear interviewer, call me. <laughs> so but the only banner me. he could find was from a restaurant, so the other side says two for one crab legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's crab shack. <laughs> and for for me, Matthew, I think you should definitely reach out to him. You know, you don't want these to go on for too long without communication because it, it also shows that you are invested in this job and you want the job mm. and, you know, that you take it seriously. So to show him that you take it seriously, I say show up to his house. Yeah. I say yeah. show up to his house after dark, look through his windows, make sure he is who he says he is. Mm. For one, you don't want to work for somebody that isn't who he says he is. So you want to work for somebody too. Show, show up to the house, look through windows, climb into their attic, eat stuff out of the refrigerator. <laughs> Wake up his kids. <laughs> Just really get to know them well. Have a powwow. Yeah. I'd say I'd say take something you learned about this guy from the from the interview and try and relate to him when you show up to his house. So yeah. let's say maybe the guy wore a shirt to the interview. What? You show up to his house. <laughs> Did they, do, they often start, not, do they often not, Alan? <laughs> Depends on the job, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah. It's a surfer. Trying to be a lifeguard, you know? (laughs) Are you selling him shirts? (laughs) You're just trying to bond with him. You saw him wearing a shirt. You're wearing a shirt, probably. Point it out to him. Uh Brag about it. Look at this shirt I'm wearing. You're trying to you're trying to get to some some common ground. I I agree. That's great advice. So Matthew, there's there's three great options for you. I think you could even like tier those options, like which one to do first, and if that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Which which one would y'all say to do first for Matthew here? Probably either mine or Alan's. I think 
So we maybe, would s- maybe like try Allen's if you can't get his fax number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe you send a banner up around his building, see if he'll respond to that. Sure. Still no response. Sure. Let's hot foot it to his house. And, yeah. You yeah. know, get in touch with his children. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, so we can relate to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't touch his children. Just get in touch with his children. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So that we can, you can relate to them. Be like, oh yeah, me and Sally were just talking about this, and Barbies are all the rage. And then he's like, oh, you're right. I should hire this guy. Yeah. He likes kids. He, he knows my kids better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the interviewer wasn't a good father. <laughs> or you're just a better one. <laughs> Is the position you're interviewing for dad of of his kids? <laughs> Oh, but there you go, Matthew. There's three things you could do, probably in order, you know, starting from the least invasive to the most invasive. But I hope I hope it works out for you. I hope you get the job. Hope you don't end up on the street. Yeah, yeah. definitely let us know. Yeah. yeah. And you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This next one is from uh, Lucy, and she titles it, I get nervous talking to people. When I talk to teachers, I have this problem where I begin to sweat. When I talk to anyone, really, I begin to feel a sort of performance anxiety akin to being on stage. I get nervous that I will make the wrong impression or say something absurd. We've never had that issue. We haven't had that issue. So you come to the right people. Yeah. Maybe this is a universal issue. It's not. But I should seriously (laughs) doubt it. This has really become a hindrance to my life as of late. Does anyone have advice on how not to sweat when talking to people of authority or anyone in general? I would really appreciate it. You've come to the right people. You have come to the right people, and it's yeah. not a universal issue. It's good that you've doubted yourself. It's a you issue. Yeah, it's a you You're issue. You're the 100%. problem. <laughs> now, this is a first step in acknowledging your issues, and that's acceptance. Yeah, mm-hmm. accepting your issues. Accept right. that you are the issue. So, you know, do we have any advice for Lucy here? That you know, how does she gain more confidence when talking to when talking to people? I would say first stop sweating. That is gross. That is really You're going to gross out somebody immediately. I would say maybe wear a full snowsuit so nobody can see you sweating. Or just wear an antiperspirant over your entire body. Always just carry around the deodorant. the deodorant. Rub the deodorant on your entire body your face, as you're your talking hands. to somebody. Yeah. You know, so while you're talking to your teacher, rub antiperspirant deodorant over your entire body. You stop sweating. You seem more confident. Yeah. I would say I would say sort of tape some sponges to <laughs> sort certain problem areas <laughs> and in a, in hopes that they might soak up the sweat. Yeah, that's a good that's a good idea to get rid of the sweat. But now we need to we need to stay on track here, boys. She we solved the sweat problem. She yeah, she has an issue with talking to people. The sweating isn't necessarily she never said the sweating's the issue. She might like to sweat in front of people. <laughs> But that is an issue. That well, it is an it's issue. Not but the she issue. she just didn't seem to care. That's she just not says the one it happens. That she brought to the table. Yeah, today. I would say when you're talking to somebody in power and authority, you need to bring them down on your level, make them seem less powerful, punch them in the gut, yeah. punch mm-hmm. them in the stomach. Mm-hmm. That way, you now are asserting dominance on these people. A swift knee to the femur. a swift mm-hmm. yeah kick to the chin. You know, do what you got. And do. I'd say a, a good exertion of energy like that might make it look like that's the reason you're sweating. Yeah. They, they <laughs> you can really play it off. Alan, Alan's very hooked on the sweating issue. <laughs> Alan, are you grossed out by the sweating? <laughs> I am pouring right now. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's. I think you should level the playing field. I think that is my advice to Lucy here. Figure out a way to assault the people that you're talking to, and you will feel more powerful, you'll feel more confident. Yeah, and in the same same thought train... Uh, of trying to get these people kind of on your level is you, you got to take the common phrase, take the bull by the horns, literally. And you got to walk up to these people and you got to grab their hair. Oh, and God. you got to rip them down and talk to them in the face. And you just say, hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? Um, you're talking face to face here. Maybe you kiss them a little bit. That's up to you. It's kind of, it's not weird if it's in a authority kind of way. So I think that's exactly what makes it weird. <laughs> No, this is good advice. So you just, you can talk to them face to face, mano y mano. And uh, once you're done, you can kind of let them go, fling them up, and be done with the conversation. But then, if you're the one that knows what you're talking about the whole time, what is there to be nervous about? Yeah, exactly. So So you're saying prepare. Prepare and (laughs) be aware. What are you, the neighborhood watch? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so there you go, Lucy. You know, we have three things that you can try uh, to make yourself less nervous in these social situations. Wear sponges. Wear sponges. For sweating. Mm-hmm. Use antiperspirant deodorant, deodorant all over your body. And then assault. Assault. Punch, kick, pull their hair. Put these people on your level. Take the power away from them. Put the Give the power to yourself. You will be less nervous in these social situations. I think that will do wonders for your life. It's done wonders for our life. This is how we usually handle. Yeah. Nobody's ever been more powerful than me. Yeah. I've never seen a nervous dictator, too. I, I, so if you have to kill millions of people, at least you're not nervous. Mm-hmm. And that's up to you. <laughs> well, all right. There we, you know, helping the world... One step at a time, guys. We are doing something good. We should feel good about ourselves. While we've been sitting at this table, I've made a carefully crafted Facebook post. Oh. <laughs> talking about all the help that we've been doing sitting yeah. here around this table. Yeah. Bragging about it. I say, a group of white men <laughs> sitting around a table solving the world's problems. <laughs> let's, uh, let's be done. That's it, guys. Expect the detour. the Nigel Grandmother.